Sustainable living is a lifestyle that attempts to reduce both an individual and a society's use of the limited earth's natural resources. Practitioners of sustainable living often attempt to reduce their carbon footprint by altering the methods of energy consumption, transportation and food. Towards sustainable living, bamboo has been acclaimed as an excellent example. Bamboo products are eco-friendly as long as they haven't been chemically processed. Since bamboo is 100% natural, it goes back to nature through the process of decomposition very quickly. Bamboo is a grass and is extremely adaptable and resilient. And it has greatly helped in the sustainable living efforts. Prashant is a social entrepreneur from Hyderabad and the co-founder of Bamboo House India with 15 years experience in the social business. He's currently with the United Nations Development Program Plastic Waste Management Project. His current social initiative is on the burning issue of plastic waste and is involved in developing low-cost shelter solutions with plastic waste and trying to give a second lease of life to waste plastic and provide fair price and enhance livelihood opportunities to waste picker communities. He has been named among the world's 100 social entrepreneurs, bringing a change with his work. He is credited with building the world's first recycled plastic house and has developed several innovative products with plastic waste, scrap tires, drums, bicycles, textile waste, etc. His innovative social business models have touched numerous livelihoods. He has received multiple professional recognitions, such as the Green Entrepreneur of the Year Award, the Pride of Telangana Award, Z Social Business Award, Excellence in Social Entrepreneurship, CII Contribution to Bamboo Industry, Innovation in Plastics Award, and many more. Thank you so much, Prashant, for joining us today for Threading Thoughts. Uh, it's really, really nice to have you on our podcast, and I know you're a very busy person. But thank you so much for uh, willing to share your expertise as well as your knowledge with us. Oh, thanks, thanks, thanks a lot, Madhula, for having me on your show and taking your time off. With so <laughs> many, I can understand how women, you know, have to go through the whole day, and you have added this also on you. So I'm really thankful to you. That's very kind of you. Uh, I wanted to start off with you know given uh, a little bit of our lack of knowledge, perhaps, of bamboo, with over 1,000 species of bamboo, how detrimental is this invasive exotic species to local flora and fauna? Because that's also uh, reports that have come out. Whether they're true or not, we would love to hear from you. Uh, first thing uh, for the general uh, audience, the most important thing which we generally get a question is, uh, you know, you're spoiling the forest. The most important thing everybody says, just for your business, you are, uh, you know, completely eroding the forest. But I wanted to share on a larger through your platform. Bamboo is a grass. It is not a tree. The more we cut, it is better. You see, for example, if we cut a tree or a hardwood, it will take around 20, 25 years for it to regrow. Exactly. Whereas if it's bamboo per day, it can grow up to four feet also. There are few species can go up to such a high length also, but it's a little less, but it grows very fast. And after every 36 months, it's ready for harvest. Right. So, and if you don't harvest, it is in fact a harm to the bush. It should be harvested on a cycle. So uh, that is the most important thing uh, one has to understand. We are not spoiling the forest cover. We are not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. And... Uh... You know, it's, it's also known for its ecological stability, right? And soil conservation. Yes. So given yes. it's known for this ecological stability and soil conservation, how can bamboo be incorporated into, say, an urban lifestyle? 
not just a rural economic stability and housing tool, but more into urban life. Uh, see, for example, uh, yearly our, our government has a tree plantation drive on a regular scale. So we have been fighting it very hard to you know, urban administrators to include bamboo as a plantation activity in urban areas because of, uh, you know, the various parameters and the, you know, technicalities it serves. But somehow it has always remained in rural areas or forest areas. So, you know, otherwise few people in urban areas plant in, in their garden one or two bushes. It, right. it really won't serve much of a purpose. It should be in the mainstream uh, plantation drive of the country. So uh, that somehow is not happening. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, uh, recently we have also heard that uh, highways, Ministry of Highways is looking to plant bamboos on both the sides of highways. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so Mr. Nitin Gadkere's teams, you know, we keep talking to them. That is a larger agenda of the government uh, for ensuring it is used widely and it gains visibility, which is not right now. It's not visible right now. So it has so many benefits, but somehow it's not getting used. And that is uh, very true because uh, for most of us, at least in urban settings, our buildings or anything that we use is more... Uh, you know, cement, mortar, brick, uh, you know, things like that. So, or hollow bricks, just to make it easier for us. But bamboo is not something that we have seen widely used, uh, which actually leads to my next question, because um, I wanted to talk about prefabricated housing, given that, you know, that is a much easier way of setting up, much quicker and efficient way of setting up houses. So what are the biggest challenges you sort of face with prefabricated housing? How did you first come up with this, these ideas? especially in the sense of using bamboo and what further help in the form of regulations and approvals could aid more of these. That might be part three, but more interestingly, you know, how do you bring this into, um, from a concept to uh, something on the ground that you can see? Okay. The main, uh, the main reason why bamboo, despite we are 70 year old country, despite has never taken into the mainstream building material is uh, bamboo by default is, you know, grows in forest. So we don't see uh, bamboo plantations much in urban areas. So that is first reason. Uh, secondary uh, is most of the communities are in far-fetched areas in rural and tribal areas who are dependent on bamboo. Even their work doesn't come to the urban area. So we urbanites have never seen the potential and possibilities of bamboo. So this was the gap which we noticed when we started our journey. There is a raw material because see, India is the second largest producer of bamboo in the world after China but it's struck in forest areas and people are struck in forest areas. So that was the gap we felt that, okay, let us, you know, work out a model where we can bring this to urban areas. Right. Yeah. In housing, yes, the main, the main reason why it is not used in housing is, see, everything is a business model in urban areas. So one apartment might rapidly get finished in three months or six months nowadays. The speed is so high if it's, you know, even if it's 750, 800 house apartment, they can finish in one year or two years. Okay, yeah, because it's a kind of speed urban economy offers, but the same is not with bamboo or any other handcrafted, you know, anything handcrafted takes absolutely, time. Absolutely, absolutely. So nobody has time for these things. They want, Aj invest kia, I should get the return in one year, but whereas in bamboo, it takes time and nobody has time in urban areas. So these uh, yeah, so say this is a, I would assume as a more as a prefabricated or? Yes. 
it's a it's a, it's a prefab model so i'll just explain you very fast for the viewers so in this earlier we used to the whole skeleton which you are uh, use uh, you can see the yellow painted skeleton is metal earlier the whole uh, skeleton was also made with bamboo round bamboo the natural bamboo from the forest but as you know there are several restrictions of transporting bamboo from the forest because there is a forest act true so the raw bamboo was extremely challenging for us so we converted that uh, into a metal frame so all the walling part the the bamboo mat we which you see it is a walling so the walling flooring roofing uh, minus the roof sheet the false ceiling flooring walling everything is made with bamboo this is a hand woven mat where the women members uh, you know the male members of the house uh, goes to forest uh-huh. and they yeah so the male members will go to the forest and the women members at the house will work on the bamboo uh, make it a thin sliver and then a mat is uh, built up and then it goes to a factory for a press from the factory we get back uh, in hyderabad and those are the walling false ceiling and flooring material which is used as bamboo okay so yeah so you can see this this is the interiors of the same house where the flooring the client decided he'll go with his choice the walling and roofing you can see it's completely made with bamboo so each board wow. is around 8 mm thick 8 mm thick is the board so every board has 8 to 10 mats each mat takes uh, two bamboo pole one mat gives employment to two people so one house for me gives around employment to 125 people per day so it's highly labor intensive activity starting from the forest to the urban carpenter in the electrician the drivers all involved it's a massive activity of employment so yes so as you know when i am trying so you see it takes me some time to build a house because everything <laughs> is hand So manually it has to be cut and yeah so i i can only make one house in a week ha so per year i can't make then 50 houses but uh, in one year 50 houses is too slow for urban economy uh, the fans and it, it's almost like a pakka you know uh, uh, yeah 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 the stability yes. the life is around 30 years life is around 30 years minimum it's completely waterproof fireproof termite proof so yeah so mostly our targets are penthouses farm houses you know mostly these two terrace houses are our main targets but uh, what about the costing though i mean the economics of- okay so it generally is around say in terms of square feet if i say it is around 1000 rupees per square feet that is your cost so uh, i don't know a lot of people say it's cheap a lot of people say it's very expensive for those who who say it is cheap we are happy it is cheap for you but those who say <laughs> it is very expensive so uh, we try to explain them uh, just imagine a farmer or somebody artisan going to the forest in a high terrain of northeast and bringing cutting bamboo and bringing all the way on his shoulder to the home and his wife weaving into a mat then it going to a factory see there is a cost involved and you know and for us minimum each of our uh, team member or employer artisan at the back end also should at least get 20000 rupees a month right that yeah we can't squeeze them you know for that so these are so the costs involved and there is a process involved so that's why it's slightly expensive for those who feel it's expensive it makes complete sense um this is quite fascinating because this is a very comfortable lodging of course you can make it bigger as well uh, i'm assuming oh yes yes i mean it depends yes. on the frame right and the, the yeah so our lowest uh, size is 8 by 8 that is 64 square feet it's uh, you know the very small house and the largest we have done is 10000 square feet Oh, so in wow. between, yeah, in between any size. Oh, that's quite large. Um, and and regulation wise, uh, what do you feel about 
the regulation wise uh, is there something that the approvals or the regulations could they help because that leads into my next question as well uh, because how economic is it for entrepreneurs to engage in bamboo cultivation and products because as you said this is so labor intensive um, yes. that is a major challenge for a lot of people so what how so, uh, yeah see lot of entrepreneurs keep reaching out to us that they want to get into it they want to get into housing or bamboo and all so first thing is what we have learned from our journey is so the most important thing is this is more a kind of a social business because you are not working with systems you are working with people right that to artisans and farmers and who are not as advantageous financially as we are right so uh, we need to be patient with them then we need to train them and when you don't have a business you still need to support them you can't be a capitalist in bamboo it's very difficult <laughs> to be a capitalist so so uh, so it's a social business and if somebody is purely doing for commercial reasons then bamboo might not be the thing they have lot of options in urban areas so it has to more a social business where you are trying to advocacy is a part of your campaign you are fighting the forest loss you are you know you have to build a model so one needs to have little bit of patience and very people sensitive because you are working with communities and they need your support they need because you know people in urban areas are more whatever reason we are we have advantages which they don't have right so they need hand holding so all these makes it little difficult journey but once your model is set then the revenues will start very very true and uh, what about uh, help from say the regulations or policies have they as you said forest act right i mean there are multiple like these that are quite difficult to overcome where do you see yes. sort of a help coming from that direction or what modifications would you suggest saying that you know this is on the ground reality so this could help yes on the grounds there are uh, quite a lot of challenges and struggles the biggest challenge we have seen that like we started in 2006 and till date uh, there is no other entity aggressively building bamboo houses so uh, so that that throws uh, the message that things are very challenging in the sector I means 15 years not even 10 entrepreneurs is enough a message so one thing is what we would uh, generally expect is government stocks the raw material not asking the artisan or the farmer to go to forest and cut yourself mm. that is not possible so you know there has to be a proper warehousing where for example we have fci godowns right we have fci food godown like like that way there can be and you know there is a minimum support price where bamboo is purchased that is Correct. not there in bamboo so you know your basic logistics are the problem and third is uh, these two want to, so that for example i am a small artisan who doesn't even 2 400 rupees a day expecting me to buy bamboo worth 10 15000 but True. it doesn't work out True. so these operational challenge needs to be addressed by the government and last is the gst hmm. uh, you know the wine is 18% bamboo is 18% so i think this should be some <laughs> Please respect our some. artisans. <laughs> <laughs> we expect some respect to our artisans, no, not with the contractor, bar contractor of city. They put it on the same line both of them. Yeah, I, I completely hear. As an artist, I, I've faced enough of it as well. But uh, yeah, you know, one thing that is very interesting is you've talked about uh, you know some of the things that are happening, the challenges as well, and where you see there could be better betterment. But uh, where do you see the future of sustainable livelihood? per se from a say a 10000 feet view where do you see sustainable you know uh, 
uh, okay this is another initiative which we started in 2017 so this is uh, an entire house made out of plastic waste this has been made with milk packets by processing all the milk oh. packets which we throw from our house oh wow yeah so this has taken around 1500 kgs of milk packets so yeah this is the side view and uh, yeah this is the frontal view so the frame even the roofing walling flooring fall ceiling completely is with plastic waste Oh my milk God, packets. Yeah, yeah, it's completely but, with milk packets, and yeah, yeah, please. Hey, but that quickly brings me to this question: How difficult do you find to source the recycling? Because I recycle very, very ardently, but I find it so difficult for uh, some of these uh, vendors on the streets. They won't pick up milk packets, saying that there is absolutely no incentive. So I actually threw bags of milk packets away, and it really, really upset me. But is there some oh. sourcing that you do? Yes, Madhu. Like the biggest thing is for any individual, if we, if he or she is living in an independent house, it's a challenge. Because, but the same thing, if you are in an apartment, there is a gated community. There, the entire community has to come together and say every day morning, all our milk packets will be stored at X Correct. point. And and when it becomes uh, X number of kilos, we will call somebody because nobody will come for one packet, two packets. Yeah. It's not feasible. The transportation cost. so for us we work in the municipal dumping grounds where all our wet waste and dry waste goes to the common point at the municipality there we work with waste pickers who collect it and uh, then it goes to a wholesalers from the entire city and the wholesaler can give me 60 tons or 100 tons but individual can never give me that absolutely much. that volume yeah. will never be there yes volume will never come so for us as a business model volume is very important otherwise our economics doesn't fall in place so we have a, a system of complexes where we you know work with rag pickers and waste pickers and kabadi walas and everybody in the system we collect we process then we get back the finished sheets these are 8 by 4 sheets just like plywood right and then we get back and then it goes for housing but so this as for as sustainability as you your your first question uh, you said on a larger view So one thing I am in understanding that uh, our greed has really taken the environment beyond repair. Uh, means you know, uh, you know, we no more believe what our parents used to do, because mm-hmm. for them, uh, money was one part, but for us, money is the only part. Mm. Growth, success, money, greed—in all this, nobody has time for environment. <laughs> <laughs> And this is inter- so for me, right? Yeah. this this concept of you know our constant lack of awareness of environment or being uh, giving back to it is i think at least now there is some sort of movement that's coming up uh, this is also interesting for example you've just completely pivoted and started furniture as well which looks lovely yeah so this is again a handmade completely handmade furniture made by women so it takes around uh, 20 days for three women to bring to this farm back end of course men are involved because that's a heavy thing they need to get from the forest so this is add on so again same logistics problem uh, nobody wants to invest there there's no go downs and nobody wants to give time because amazon has made life so easy on a click of a button they want this <laughs> but we say we need 45 days nobody 45 has time days. for 45 days they want the snap of a second what can we do we can't give instant so, gratification yeah. instant grat and they don't understand my poor artisan has doesn't have such a big space to keep all these things right absolutely yeah, so, and yeah, so, and in fact one more interesting thing is that you you again a pivot right this is phenomenal yes so this we are working on it's almost over we are just readying for a march launch 
so we have an entire range of smaller bamboo products starting from a toothpick to house we want to cover everything and the main reason for venturing into this uh, post covid lot of my community members uh, had a financial issues so even our housing market took a hit for few months so we dis- in- initially decided we should migrate into smaller products also. so that uh, my artisans kitchen keeps running for me No, so this is yeah so for me for all of us we have to ensure my artisans kitchens keep running so we need to keep you know figuring out what to do no that's so true my uh, my other question was uh, how do you source your bamboo is it from completely uh, different locations does it need to be state specific is there some issue with yes. it yeah it is product specific actually if i am if i am making a toothpick i'll go somewhere else if i am making a a house i'll go to some other location if i'm making a basket i'll go to assam so every region has a product because the species grow there only right yeah so we decide on that and again we need to look at who is skilled uh, what are the skill sets of the community whether they can make this or not so like that we divide what if it is just sourcing the bamboo i mean if it is say i i have like uh, five acres and i say okay i can grow bamboo you let me know what kind of bamboo but i can i can just get the bamboo to you is that something possible is that something you're looking uh, at see uh, for example i won't lie i'll be very blank and open if look somebody is looking to uh, you know grow bamboo you know for for you know because they have a vacant land but finally there has to be economic viability otherwise there's no point so today the biggest problem is uh, if somebody growing 5 acres or 1 acre or 4 acres they don't know where to sell right the biggest challenge is what we call as market linkages yes uh where do you sell as a farmer at least if you are growing paddy you know you can approach somebody but where where do you go to bamboo and the big second biggest problem is already there are unused reserves in forest areas unused bamboo reserve which has no market mm. so the system is still missing that's what we have been advocating and fighting for first form a system then artisans entrepreneurs farmers will keep growing like anything right that 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 cultish form it's not coming because they don't know what to do so we also don't push much for plantation okay that makes sense but unless they can locally create a, a market for themselves uh, along with the support of artisans it's quite challenging because you might not find these artisans at the locations where the bamboo is available so yes yeah. so yeah it's coming like in a chicken and egg yeah so if you have artisans they don't have bamboo if you have art, uh, art you know bamboo that come that place does not have artisan if there is artisan bamboo there is no market if there is market there is no bamboo so <laughs> these are the challenges which needs to be addressed on a holistic level absolutely i think the environment has to be built there is no environment which yes. you are trying there's to no build but uh, it's it's yeah. still a We're drop in the ocean build, yeah it's just a drop in the ocean so system has to be created first then automatically it will go on its own yeah once it's developed right and yes people, once it's developed uh, find it uh, i think at least something that they can work on but uh, yes. thank you so much prashant this has been so absolutely educative and very informative as well and a lot of our i think a lot of people's questions or misconceptions have been answered i think that is critical uh, yes that is very much critical because we we come across lot of entrepreneurs in say i i want to get into plantation so we don't want any anyone to burn their money their hard earned money so we don't want them you know just take a random decision because they they see our website and say you people have done why can't i do yeah. it should not be like that yeah they need to take a due diligence of their because their shoe size is different my shoe size is different so they can say you are walking i'll walk in your shoes so yeah these things so hopefully through your uh, so i am able to clarify at least few of the doubts 
I I really hope so. It has been amazingly informative, and thank you so much for taking time. Thank you so much. <sighs>